Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Blue Beetle restarts the DC universe. Scott Pilgrim takes on the animation and Miyazaki's new movie is being a movie. All that and more today on Breaking Geek Radio. Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship. And I honestly don't feel like I should be hosting this podcast. I feel like Jammer should be hosting this podcast because, ladies and gentlemen, I think we got him. We finally have a Latino superhero leading a film yes. in the DC universe, and like I, I feel like you know, as as as, as a person who's not part of that community, I like I kind of want to just pass it to. Jam- Do you want it, Jammer? Do you want me to hand this? Would you like? I mean, sure. On. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and jump into it. So, yeah, we got some Blue Beetle to discuss. Oh, you're just waiting until you can run back there to get. No, oh, you're on air, but I'm gonna oh, hand okay. you. I'm gonna hand you the on air things, and then you can. Oh, wouldn't that be cool if I pulled and I actually that. had an on air button? That, that would have blown my mind if if we had set that up in awesome. advance. We should have done that next time. That. Um, next time. Blue Beetle is an interesting movie. This is a film that started out as a Max original. And then it was, it's rather, it got reversed Batgirl. Instead of being canceled, it got pulled from streaming into theatrical release as soon as, uh, around the time David Zaslav came over and took over Warner Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Warner Brothers. And just overall st- business stuff. And then, uh, so it, it seemed to convey a bit of confidence that in the, mil- in the film and what it could do for the DC brand. And... Beyond that, James Gunn, who now runs the DC Universe along with Peter Safran, has said on multiple occasions that this is technically the first movie in the new DC Universe. It's not, you know, his movie per se. His first movie going forward is going to be Superman Legacy, but this is still within that same universe. I still don't know what the hell to make of Aquaman. Um, but I guess Aquaman technically still is because according to the flash Aquaman is the same across universes. So who knows? Um, so anyways, blue beetle, is this a solid start for the DC universe? And is it as a solid start as, you know, the first live action, I'll say Latino superhero, not going to lie. The trailers were kind of lackluster. I wanted to like it, but nothing about it seemed to be crazy good. Um, the buzz wasn't great. It had some pretty dismal box office projections. Uh, so in some, uh, let's see here, according to box office pro, uh, let's see here. This film is currently aiming for 22 to $32 million. It's opening weekend. Not fantastic. The movie itself, I believe had a $120 million budget, give or take. Uh, so we'll see, you know, it has a chance to supplant Barbie as the dominant force of the box office, but is it good enough to do that? We will talk about that, but first things first, we need to, you know, do our normal spiel when it comes to reviewing these movies. And that has to do with Rotten Tomatoes, which has been a nice, pleasant surprise because honestly, I was a little concerned with this movie because, uh, they didn't start coming out until, I think Wednesday evening or so Um, it felt pretty late. So I was thinking, even though there was some positive buzz on social media, I wasn't sure what to make of it. But as of right now, as of this recording, which is Friday, uh, it is sitting at a solid 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is certified fresh, has 125 reviews. So it'll probably hover around there. Um, when it first started coming out, it was closer to the low 80s, but you know, relatively solid. Um, and the the general consensus is led by Sholo Mariduena's magnetic magnetic performance in the title role. Blue Beetle is a refreshingly family focused superhero movie with plenty of humor and heart. Jonesy, what Yo. is your X review for 
Blue Beetle. I feel like Blue Beetle answers the question, what if Venom were a good movie? So I think, (laughs) oh, that's interesting. I did not even think about that. No, I like that. They even use the word symbiote that's like, hey, that's right. They did. And one's a killer. And he's like, hey, I'm not a killer. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to kill anymore. Um, I think the other easy analogy is, you know, what if Iron Man was a kid? Um, I... I agree with everything you said about the trailers and all the promo stuff. I wasn't really feeling this, but based on what I've seen from um, Zolo and, you know, Cobra Kai and things of that nature, like I was interested, like I wanted this to succeed uh, just based on his performance in that. Um, and anything George Lopez is as I'm like, whatever I'm there. And then I found out that Susan Sarandon was the bad guy gal in this. And I was like, all right, I feel like, you know, as Nick would say, we got a stew going, right? Like there's some stuff in here that makes me want to see this. Um, and so when Larissa was like, hey, let's go see this movie. I was like, all right, I guess we're going to go see this movie. Um, I think that it is, it's relatively derivative, right? I think it's very easy to to plot out how this movie is going to go. But what they really succeeded at is letting the focus be on the family and letting the focus be on Jaime. And that makes all the difference in the world, right? You can very easily point to like a hero's journey or stories that are the same or stories that are similar. But, you know, what, you, what you're able to mix in with it, um, especially with this film and letting the focus be on the family, letting the focus be on Jaime, um, you come out with a story that's that's different than Venom, that's different than Iron Man. Those movies can't be this movie. Um, I think that that really helped this movie succeed in a way that I wasn't expecting. So I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go ahead and give it a, a solid A. Oh, wow. Solid A. Impressive. Solid a. Okay. I was laughing. I was laughing. I was giggling. My kids were crying. Um I was into it. I was into it from start to finish. All right, Larice, you're up. Follow up that A with whatever you're going to give it. I'm ready. I'm going to give it an A minus, but only because I had a really hard time digesting, processing Susan Sarandon as a bad guy. That just hurt my little heart to see her be such a bitch. A mean girl. Can I say that? Am she I was alarmed? so good at such it. A bitch. She was so she good was at really, it. Really, I mean, she's good at everything, but she just—it's such a huge contrast from the actual person that she is. That it definitely shows her range as an actor and um, what she's like truly capable of because she did it so well. But she was hor- she was so horrible. Um, yeah, so she was just a horrible human being um from my perspective so um i overall i love this story i think uh my my twitter my ex uh review it is fun for the whole family hilarious heartwarming and action-packed um and like brandon said like it's the focus was definitely on the family which was probably the best part of it for me um i had a quite a few moments where I just laughed out loud at some of the things that I remember from being around other Latinx families and stuff uh, in my youth and uh, the language and stuff that they use with one another and uh, the interactions, family interactions and that, that sense of family, the importance and focus on family and also welcoming other people from outside the family into the family. Like you're okay. A little standoffish at first, but you know, we'll we'll let you in if you're if you're cool. Um, so I I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was great. Like like Brandon said, the kids were crying, although they were probably a little tired. But it it kept all of us laughing and crying and engaged the entire time. So it was great. Cool. So my review, I feel weird. All right, I think Jim. I'm going to give it right, the Jim. lowest rating of all of us. Gonna, I knew you were going to do that. What? So no, I think the movie is great. So, but as you mentioned, it is largely derivative. You can pretty much like lay out how everything's going to do, but they fill it with a lot of great, uh, I don't know, unique aspects to it that make it feel different. So even though 
it has the same backbone, like all the stuff on top of it feels different. It has a little bit of Iron Man, but I actually, based on the trailers, expect it to feel a lot more like Iron Man than it did. It actually felt a lot more like its own thing because of its um, focus on the family unit. You know, you talked about Iron Man and Venom. Iron Man and Venom, they largely went through this alone. Yep. Jaime does not go through this remotely alone. It is through and through the end. It is a group effort um, without feeling also. It felt it kind of a mix between Iron Man, uh, Shazam and Ant-Man. Yeah, um, like kind of a mix between those three. So Iron Man, because of the suit, uh, what was the second one I said Shazam. <laughs> Shazam. Shazam, because of the family <laughs> aspect, though I feel like the way they incorporated the family in here, I like a bit more. And then uh, the yeah. third one, which I'm vamping because I don't quite remember what I'm my third one was. Uh, the third one was Ant Man, because of certain things that happen later on that we will hold off on for spoilers. But overall, okay. uh, I really enjoyed the Latino aspects of the story. It was a uh, it was a feeling I haven't had in a theater since I saw Spy Kids. Um, where you just like, because I remember when I saw Spy Kids, it didn't dawn on me like, oh yeah, I don't see these types of things in theaters ever. And honestly, I didn't really notice it until like, going back. I'm like, oh yeah, I think that was the last time I saw like a Latino family thing in theaters that was for the whole family. I mean, I guess Paranormal Activity 5 or whatever one that was. I forget which one it was. That was also interesting um but yeah like that whole family dynamic it felt very real um what about you know Spider-Man? like the part that i started what what about across the live Spider-Verse? action no it, it oh, felt, didn't sorry. feel the, i mean the the they had the latin aspect but the latin family aspect and just some of the little things they did um that like when the grandma like told jaime to come there so she could do like the freaking sign of the cross on him mm-hmm. my mom does that all the time and i've never seen that in a movie before uh, and that was that that touched me in places, I will say. So like they had a, a lot of little moments like that throughout the movie that I didn't expect. Um, but yeah, overall, it it was a little derivative. It felt a little long. That third act goes on for days in my mind. <laughs> to me, it felt like it went on for days. And Jaime was kind of perfect. He had no flaws. He had no arc. And unless we could talk about it, I'm interested to talk about that. Uh, not that it's like he has to, like he kind of changed the symbiote to him. He's kind of, he kind of wallied it, you know, where it's usually about people or a thing changing them. But we talk about more of that in the spoilers. So I give it a B plus solid movie. Um, I really like it. It meant a lot, but a little bit long and a little okay. a smudge deliberate. The, the, was it derivative? Derivative. Yeah. Okay. You guys ready to jump into some spoilers? spoilers. Yes. Spoilers. Right, I it. can dig a little bit deeper into the thing I was just talking about, which is how um, he had no arc. When he made a point to put on his graduation hat, I was just waiting, waiting for a reveal that he actually didn't graduate or something. Wow. <laughs> or wow. waiting yeah. for something. Like some, some something. Because he literally had no flaws. He kind of felt like a character where it's just like, oh, well, you know, he's the first Latin superhero, so we can't give him any flaws. Because he, like, is there anything wrong with him? Well, I, does he, I think that... Does he learn I, anything? I, I think the arc almost went the other way, though, because he was so perfect, but at some point when the the bad guy is, like, really challenging him and has done so much damage to his family he goes the opposite way he gets real yeah. dark there for a second and the symbiote has to bring him back to this like the the who good side um yeah who he really is and remind him um who he really is and i think it did that in a couple of different ways so it it starts speaking spanish which i thought was really cool I thought that was so like, cool yeah it was fantastic how they wove that in there and um, they show how much they're really meshing with one another. Um, but also like he's about to kill this guy and he's like, no, no. Deservedly she. so. That guy he's deserves like, to die as Wait fuck. a minute. I mean, he deserved to die probably, but at the same time, like that's not who he is. And there were other ways to do it. Right. So. And I love how that happened too. Right. She said, we are not killers which was great. And the beginning was, I'm not a killer. 
And then right. she says at the end, we're not killers. And so I, yeah. you know, I agree with what Larissa is saying when we talk about, um, you know, does he have an arc or is he perfect? I, I think he is a very good character, um, like a good person. And I think what they tried to do is just rob him of his optimism, um, which is the thing that had driven him that far into the film. And so, you know, it's, it's a different kind of arc and yeah, I, I enjoyed what I saw though. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I I remember because I had that thought too, where it's like we're like we're not killers. I'm like, oh, he had an arc. I'm like, wait, that wasn't his arc. That was the what is the thing called? Shada, something what like is, that. I forget like that Shada arc. And but also like you mentioned, where he kind of loses way for a brief second and then comes back. Um, but yeah, it was it felt weird because I was just waiting for something. I'm like, what is his deal? Why? You're making like, because he. I don't think he makes a single decision in that movie that like a normal person wouldn't make. Well, he doesn't make any decisions without his family. I think for the most part, or without, um, ultimately, then without the symbiote for mm-hmm. backup. And again, that kind of goes back to his family, like it becoming more like him, and so him being like the rest of his family, he just couldn't. He couldn't do it. So. I, I I liked it. I liked the way that it was done. Um, it made sense to me. And again, it might have been like a downward arc, if that's a thing. Like we always think of it going like up, and you're like growing or something. But um, I think it was grounding more than anything else. Uh, he finally felt grounded, and he found his purpose. So that was yeah, all tied in there together. So Which I went to. I've grown up or grown up. Yeah, I've basically decided I'm an adult now. And because <laughs> I'm an adult, if I need to go pee in the middle of the, in the middle of the movie, I'm just going to get up and go. I got up and went at an inopportune time. Because when I came back, they were oh, in the no. middle of the beetle cave. Oh. Uh, so what in those first minute and a half of the beetle cave, what was up? What what happened there? How did that come about? So wait, which part? Uh, so she just took them to the house. So they basically took him to Wayne Manor. Was there any exposition um, about? No. So what was? I loved about this was, yeah. So what I loved about this was they maintained the canonical, like Ted Cord is the Blue Beetle first, and he didn't have the powers or anything like that. So like, if you go back to the nineties, um, maybe even before that, like that's who Blue Beetle was before he became Jaime Reyes with the powers. And so like, if you read, like he's pretty prominent in the death of Superman, which was kind of cool because you got to see the suit that he was wearing way back then and where his um, eye was cracked. I don't know if you could see that's, it, it looked almost exactly like it did in the death of Superman. So what they did was they gave some exposition to help you understand like, no, Ted Cord was the blue beetle. He had all of this equipment. He had all of this stuff. And like all of that stuff was always true in the comic books, which is kind of fun. And if we're talking about how this film integrates into the new kind of James Gunn universe, I like this idea that these heroes have always existed. Um, So like in this film, he mentioned Superman. Um, So in my head and Batman, given what did he mention Batman? George Lopez said Batman's a fascist. Oh, he says a fascist. Yeah, he says a fascist. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I like that idea that these people already existed, um, in this universe. And so that's a lot of fun that they're, they're giving Ted Cord that, you know, like this is a character that always existed in this universe. So that's kind of what you missed, um, with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't miss a whole lot. Like I missed part of it. I think I came in when literally he's like, Batman's a fascist. That's about when I came in. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting how uh, they wove some of that in there too, where they they like call out certain other characters. So there was the um, Brandon said the uh, she takes him into Wayne Manor or the Batcave, right? And so he also at one point is wearing a Gotham University Law yes hoodie in there. So uh, it's yeah, a premature, they, well pre-law, pre-law, yeah. Yeah, pre-law. That was funny what his sister said, where she was like, "Do you need any pre-lawyers?" That was really. (laughs) (laughs) She was awesome. I loved her. She was great. She was great. She was really great. 
I meant to go oh. look up her name too because I, I when they said it initially, I chuckled because I was like, "That's the name of a tequila," and that was what stuck out for me. I was like, "I have to remember what that name actually." What milagro means? Milagro, yeah. That means it means a miracle. Oh, mm. yeah, I associate. Which it is with funny because at first I thought it was a pet name for the for the grandma to call her that, mm-hmm. but then I realized that was just her name. That was yeah. her name. No, it's just her name. No, her nickname um, was Millie. I kept hearing them call her Millie, but um, yeah, there's a cool. delicious tequila out there with this by the same name. Just saying. That's Great. a good name. To, that's it. a good name to to get there. For a I like that we uh we got a LexCorp shout out in this as well. That was a fun little Easter egg. Um, I missed that. It's what was that? So when you see Cord Tower directly behind Tet, um, Cord Tower is actually. Right after you see him in the Gotham Law hoodie, the next scene you see Cord Tower. Because remember, that's where he's going uh, to meet her. Behind that is LexCorp Tower. Oh, missed that's it. what you're reacting to. I missed that. I don't know. I was I reacting to it. There were like there were a couple of things in like fast sequence that w- those were two mm-hmm. things that happened real quick. Um, yeah, those are fun. I like that. This is um, definitely a movie I think I would try to watch again to pick up on more of that stuff because I do think that there were a lot of things like that. Did you guys ever watch The Giver? No. Or are you familiar with it? This had very strong Giver vibes to it, um, which I liked. Like, I appreciate it. Like, if you ever go back and watch that original Mark Hamill film, or watch the second one with David Hayter, or if you watch the anime, like you'll get to see like where there's some of this, like, especially if you watch the anime, because it is about kids that basically have, it's not a scare, but it looks very much like this and it attaches itself to their bodies and it it comes out of their body and protects them and it won't let them die. Um, Very much in the same way as this. So like, I really like that. I don't know if some of it was intentional, um, but to me, that that really stood out to me um, in this film. Speaking of which, like, I really, really enjoyed that first transformation scene. Like, that was absolutely hilarious. It um, was. It I was almost horrifying because I just, I just imagine like the sister being like, "Oh my god, I just killed my brother because I forced him to open up the freaking <laughs> belly burger carton." So and people good. are just throwing it around. I'm just like, put it down. You don't know, I think it looks like it's really expensive. Like, I would have not touched it based on that alone. <laughs> it was so good. And then I love the part when it disappeared. And I was like, I think it went in his ass. And George Lopez it went in his ass. It was, that was so funny because you did. You said it. I heard you say it right before George Lopez was like, it went in his ass. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then later on, Jaime was like, it, no, no, it didn't go in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> we had a good chuckle too at one point when he was upside down, um, which was like a because it was fresh in our minds the the uh, TMNT when they were oh, yeah. getting milk, getting milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We Kirsten and I were watching something earlier this week, and at one point that someone was tied down, I'm like, they're getting milked. Like I, it's I've been thinking that constantly since watching TMNT. And our kids said the same thing. They were like, oh, he got, he, he's getting milked. <laughs> this movie's hilarious. Uh, anyways, I think this movie is great. I think it's great for representation. I definitely want to see it continue more. Hopefully it's inevitable box office bomb isn't, uh, isn't going to hurt its chances of future movies or at least future involvement with the DC universe. Hopefully James Gunn has enough sway with, as you know, co-CEO. To basically say, hey, this wasn't on us, yo. We we got you got to let us build. You, so, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly on this one, and that they let I don't him fly. We- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I think we can talk more about this and don't necessarily have to be in spoilers because there are two more things I'd like to talk to you all about um, if you guys are done with spoilers. What do you think? What, what are they related to? If we, if, what so would be the, the time first one, so you this? mentioned, so you mentioned, you mentioned James Gunn. Um, and the first one would be like what he has said about the future of Blue Beetle. Um, and then the other one is talking about, you know, how this film is going to do the fact that there are Latino groups that want, wanted the stars of the film to be able to talk about this film, but based on the strike, they couldn't. So, yeah. Mm. So yeah, let's go ahead and, and talk about it, I guess like okay. the, the performance and then future of the DC DC universe. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that James Gunn said, and I'm I'm kind of interested in this. He said, "I can't wait for audiences to meet Jaime Reyes, who will be an amazing part of the DCU going forward." So unlike the Flash, um, he wasn't bullshitting us, which I appreciate. And the thing <laughs> thing is, I'm worried about. Uh, sorry, I almost watched Jammer die. <laughs> I uh, it's all good. You want to see a grown man choke I, on peanut butter? Nope. Mentioned James Gunn fucking lying to us. So I I'm really worried about how this film is going to do. Right? We've seen like Kyle had talked about the projections a couple of weeks ago, um, and I feel like they fluctuated wildly. I don't know how much of a difference it makes for stars to uh, go out and promote movies. I really don't. I can't tell. Because I've gotten to the point in my life where if I never see anybody on television talking about a movie or on Graham Norton or wherever, I'm still going to see the movie if I'm interested in it. So I'm I'm really curious what you guys think. Because um, like I said, there were like 27 Latino groups that that issued this letter. They were like, hey, you know, this is a film about represent that has a ton of representation there, you know, from the directors to the writers to the actors, you know, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Um this is a film that deserves to be seen and they're worried that based on the strike that's happening, that won't happen. Um, so I'm really curious. Do you guys think that that will make a difference? The fact that these stars aren't out there uh, pushing this film? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Because maybe you don't need to be convinced by a star, but having all of those interviews gives it more opportunity to at least be front of mind. You know, most people like it's just they're they're busy with their lives. It's like unless something is constantly in front of them, they're they may not just say like, you know what, let's go see this movie. Um, it just might not be on their radar and they just might find other things to do. So maybe they're not being convinced, but it's just they're constantly being inundated to the point where they're like, you know, what? that's fine. Let's let's do this thing. So I think it will make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I know I, I saw. I'm sorry. No, I, I agree with that. I think. For this movie in particular, and I could be totally wrong because I'm, again, like not part of the community, but even just from like studying Spanish, I would watch the talk shows to practice listening to Spanish. So I would imagine that if talk shows are still kind of popular and the stars went on those talk shows to talk about the the movie in, you know, different in Spanish and in English that would help to promote the movies um I, I or the help to promote the movie i don't know if other movies really work that way because i i heard from a lot of friends that they did not 
see anything about the Barbie movie promoted and I saw it everywhere. So I don't know how people are consuming TV anymore. If they're paying attention to talk shows, I saw Mm. the Barbie cast on, um, on uh, Kelly Clarkson, like um, Issa Rae and uh, Marco Robbie, uh, America Ferrera, like all of them, all like the major Barbies were on her show. But I don't, I don't know how many people watch that. Um, but I do, I still think that oh. it would make a difference. So to your point about how people consume television, there was a report that came out just this week that talked about linear television viewing has dropped 50%. So streaming has just soared through the roof. And so that is now the predominant way that people consume things, right? So like for years, our kids have kind of been that way where they think commercials are weird. And now they think the commercials are amazing because it's not something they've ever experienced. So now there's evidence of the fact that at least in America, um, television broadcast and cable viewing makes up less than 50% of television usage this past July. So you know, that almost makes me wonder the same question. Like, will it matter that these people aren't on broadcasts and cable news if half of the audience isn't watching it anymore? That's not where the eyes are, or at least half of but them. But they could be on like YouTube channels that have those things. Yeah. That too. Yeah. I will definitely watch anything where they're playing with puppies. I love that little. <laughs> Like, are they still doing like wired interviews and stuff? Because I've seen like some wired interviews drop for like one piece, but when do they record those? And did they record Blue Beetle ones? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Um, I'll be disappointed if this doesn't do well. Um, but what I would really like to see is will DC be willing to stick with it? Um, that seventy nine percent is pretty good. Um. You know, Manny from the site gave it an A minus. Uh, most of us on this podcast gave it a pretty good review. <laughs> so I, you know, I'd really I like to see. a good see, rating. It's a B plus. Whatever, That's solid. Whatever, whatever. Uh, I'd really like to see DC just stick with it. Right. Um, this is a tough time, generally speaking, and I, I hope they understand that. You know, the fact that these folks, if that is the reason that they can't push and promote this film well, um, could be an exception. So is that all you wanted to move on? Or is there another aspect you wanted to talk about? I'm fine. Those are, those were the two. All right, cool. Those those are the two things. Well, we have a trailer. We, we, we are going to be reacting to Scott Pilgrim, uh, the new Scott Pilgrim anime series coming to Netflix. And uh, in all full transparency, I've seen the trailer before, but Brandon and Larice have not seen the trailer. So they are fresh and ready to go to experience this new take before. Um, before we do that, though, what are your all I, I Jonesy? I know you like Scott Pilgrim. Is that is that correct? Right. So I love the movie when it came out. OK, uh, this is producer Kyle. Everyone is. Uh, frozen right now. Um, give me a moment, and I'll be trying to get them uh back. Just go. Okay, Jonesy. Yo, tell me about your exposure to Scott Pilgrim. Oh man, let me tell you about my exposure. I like Scott Pilgrim. So I, based on having watched the movie, um, I love the soundtrack. So I listened to that over and over. I started um reading a comic book based on. The film. I don't think the f- film had finished. I'm sorry. I don't think the comic no, had finished. The film. By the time I think the film finished, but they didn't incorporate the actual right. ending of the comic. Yeah, which was weird. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, and so bought multiple T-shirts. I, when I started playing guitar, like one of the first songs I learned from f- on playing guitar was from the movie. Um, it was the song Ramona. I love that song. And uh, played the video <laughs> game. So I just. You know, I, I, there is something about this universe I just really, really enjoy. So, Larice, I, I, I can confirm that he really, really loves it. Um, I too have watched him play the video game. I don't think I ever played the video game. I definitely have seen the movie because of him. And yeah, it's 
not something that I think that I would watch more than once, but I, th- I for some reason, I feel like that's probably still on DVD somewhere in the house, maybe. Oh my God. We watched, we were um, still dating, I think, when we watched that together. It was one of our lazy Saturday afternoon type of dealies. It was great. <laughs> 2010, 2011's In a time BC before children, um, where we could just sit around and be lazy and, and watch movies all day long and play video games and stuff. And they've played the video game. I don't know if they've seen the movie, but they've listened to the music and they've played the game. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I have fond memories of watching it with him, if nothing else. And so that that will probably get me to watch anything else that comes out got well let's make a new fond memory right now of watching the trailer so we're gonna do one two three play and on play we will all press play at the same time are you all ready ready listo all right (laughs) one two three play It is. It's funny, I felt like reacting, but also I didn't want to interrupt because everything was happening so quickly and it was so loud. I'm like, I didn't want to talk over anything. Um, but there are a couple things that I have like right off the bat. So it it feels more anime than I was expecting it to feel. Um, because mm. I know they even had that little animation thing back when the movie came out, and that still had it's felt very American style. This does not um at all. Like they, they slightly change the character designs a bit. I think they're they're less round than they are in the comic, from what I can see. They're a little bit more jagged. They kind of have like a Gynex slash studio trigger feel if you think of like panty and stocking or something like that like i'm getting panty and stocking vibes up the oh, yeah. ass with this with this version I, of, I the, can, of the that's the a weird way to say I can that. Feel, no that's the perfect way to to word it if you've ever seen it i i can feel you on that on that jammer yeah oh no i and, I, I watched it you wouldn't stop harassing me about it i told you <laughs> once and then you said i'm oh, gonna watch that and then you watched no this it. is both of you this is both of you no, this is what both does that mean? This, this is the royal you, you and Kyle. Like, have you watched it yet? <laughs> What'd you think? Have you watched it yet? I, Fuck, I guess, I guess I'm gonna watch it. No, you, I, I brought mentioned it once and he said, I'm gonna watch it. And the last time I, the next time I spoke to you, you'd watched it. I didn't, Kyle was that's filling the gaps. I, that's not how I remember it. That's not how I remember it. <laughs> it, it, it was worth it though, right? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it's totally great. And we're getting a sequel. Are we really? From, yeah, from Trigger at, at that. Yep. What? Why doesn't yeah. tell me these things? I don't know. You're um, usually the yeah, person that same... tells everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Um, but yeah, I like the energy of this. I like the movements. Uh, I guess the just the, the dynamic camera movements they have. They mentioned Science Saru. I don't know any other Science Saru anime apart from what they did for Star Wars Visions, to be perfectly honest. So to me, that just looks like Trigger all the way. But, um, you know, whatever. It looks fun. Has that energy that we got from the movies. It still feels very much like the movies. I'm uh, they got the entire cast back, which is great. And I'm excited to see how this turns out. So, yay, we get the full, you know, we get the, the actual real ending of the story. Now we don't get that movie ending. Um, so what do you think, Jonesy? I'm really excited about it. It looked very kinetic, very dynamic. So like with the camera angles, um, moving as fast. Like one of the things I love about this was the music. So the music for this trailer was really uh, getting me into it again with the speed of what I was seeing. Um, I, I'm i excited. Like I love that they were able to get the entire voice cast back. I love that Edgar Wright is involved in this again. So that makes me feel like he 
he he seemed to be somebody that really understood what he wanted to pull from the comic book and and put it into this. So if he's involved in this and the fact that it's a show like a, a series that they're going to do this for a season or however many to tell the story to its fullest uh, all have me really excited for this. So it looks like a lot of fun. Larice? Any ideas why they're not doing this as a live action? Why are they doing this as a cartoon? Or an- as to be as faithful they've as done possible, it, probably. To be as faithful oh. as possible, and also just because they've done it in live action already. And I, they probably okay. also want the main cast back, but, you know, it's like 15 years later, so <laughs> they're just like, eh, What do you What are you saying? That Michael Sarah doesn't look like uh, like he's 15 <laughs> anymore? It's true. He does not. Even though he's supposed to be, you know, 22. Oh my gosh. He's an adult. Um I I recognize the t-shirt in there. What? Which t-shirt? It's the one, one is the it the Punisher? Yeah, is it it looks like yeah. the Punisher so t-shirt. So the three that I have, there's one that says zero, there's one, and that's black. There's a red one with a base on it and a circle. Kyle, don't say anything. And then there is a, another one that has um uh, the Punisher, so like the 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 eight bit Punisher logo. Yeah, and that one's black with a white trim on it. I, I think we both more. have. I th- <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Um, I think we both have. You have no listen as the person who primarily does laundry in the house. You may what? not have any more t shirts. Okay, well then you have to get rid of some more of them, then or give some more of them to the children. Um, so yeah, I think we both have. I just zero. imagine one of your daughters with like a giant shirt and like like scraping across the ground. Do you just give them? That's your how shirts? they. That's exactly yeah, that's what, what they, happens. Literally what they do, and they yeah, love it. They think cool. it's hilarious. So like one of them has my Fantastic Four T shirt that like comes down to their <laughs> knees. I'm like, why are you wearing my clothes? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my clothes! What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's my T shirt. That's my T shirt. Actually, you bought yourself a bigger one. Um, because your, your, which, your which biceps wouldn't fit into the one the first they one look the same on those children. I can't tell which they, they do. Were. They absolutely do. But that was actually my Fantastic Four t-shirt. Um sure but was. I, I think Perfect. you have a black zero t-shirt. I think I have a blue, dark blue one. Um, and then I think we both have Punisher t-shirts. Um, but yes, I digress. I recognize the t-shirt. And I could not, I couldn't hear the music for some reason, but I am excited about the music because I, I do think that I kind of like it. Um, and yeah, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll watch it. Trailers don't really do anything for me most of the time. I'm, I'm going to watch it anyway because that's what's on the TV or that's where we're going that night. <laughs> um, it's not really that big of a deal to me, um, but it does look good. It looks well done. Hopefully the rest of it looks awesome. as good. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. And I'm, yeah, I'm just interested to see who's, uh, how it, how it turns out. I, I want to see the whole story executed and it looks like it'll be a good time. So let's move on to the next story. Um, you know, it's kind of like just a gateway to a, a bigger discussion. And that is, uh, uh, New York film festival is going to have Hayao Miyazaki's latest Nif. movie, The the Nif. Boy and the Nif. Do people call it Nif? I've never heard that. People call uh, the Toronto International Film Festival Tiff. Tiff. So I've I never heard anyone call it Nif. Nif. Knife. Today Knife is right cooler. here. Sounds nifty. Uh, the Boy. I, I don't know if boy... New York needs that smoke. <laughs> the Boy and the Heron. The Boy and the Heron is the name of the movie, or you know, the Japanese version is how do you live? Uh, and I don't know why it's called that, but this is a very interesting movie because he's been working for God knows how long on this thing, uh, Miyazaki specifically. And they made this interesting approach where it's like, we're not going to have any ads. We're not going to have any trailers for this. We're just going to throw it out there and then see the world. And then later on, Miyazaki's like, I'm kind of worried about it. I'm like, bitch, you should have let the marketing do their marketing thing. What is wrong with you? Piece of shit. Um, and, you know the movie is is coming out. It's it's done. So uh, this is actually one of the problems I have with uh this is going to become a weird problem with Anime News Network as a source of news because they have this article and it's full of information of how it's done. I don't know if that's good because I don't know the Japanese market. 
like whether like how what how would they normally sell tickets? And so they say, oh yeah, you know they sold over a million tickets and earned thirteen point two million dollars in their first three days in Japan. Is that good? I don't know. It doesn't tell me if it's good. And then it says it sold about one point three five million tickets and earned over two billion yen. That means nothing to me. Anime News Network. So what you're saying is, give me what you're saying is you're looking for an editor in chief job in Japan. <laughs> well, I know they purposely write these articles as objectively as possible. And I think in adding those context things, it just pulls away from the objectivity. So it's been a problem I've had for them for since the year 2000 or 1998. But all you would be doing to fill in, fill that in are like facts. I'm right? just letting for you reference. know. I'm just, yeah, sure. I'm just saying. I'll say. But it's still just as objective if you say like, for reference, this film, which is the highest grossing film, blah, blah, blah. blah, 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 blah. Well, uh, Jammer, just for a little bit of context, whenever I've been researching uh uh, box office for Daily Cog, um, the dollar, uh, strength of the dollar and and yen to each other really affects, um, how much money it makes because we do everything in U.S. dollars, right? <laughs> uh, so tickets sold is like a really I don't I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, you know, is one million tickets uh that big of a deal or or not? But that's the best way to kind of go with japan um and then mm. you kind of have to look at because again what the dollar is today and or what the yen to the dollar is today is way different than when spirited way came out different than you know last year's or earlier this year with suzume um but yeah uh check tickets that's my my makes tip. sense <laughs> god damn yeah, that's so i guess my next my next question uh is do you all have interest in seeing this movie? So, and NIF, as as he called it, will as will take place uh, in late September, early October. So, over the course of a couple of weeks or so, and this movie will be there. Um, I'm interested to see what people think of it, American audiences think of it. So, Jonesy, are you interested based on having seen almost nothing from this movie? Yes, I like uh, Ghibli films, right? So, um. Mm-hmm. We've watched uh, quite a few as a family. So we watched as a family. We watched Howl's Moving Castle. We watched uh, Porco Rosso. We watched some of Princess Mononoke. We watched Spirited Away. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something else in there. But we watched quite a few and the kids liked them. So like just from the perspective of my kids like that animation style and can sit for most of those films, I would want to see this just to see what they do. Larice, yeah, have I would. You heard of this I movie would agree. Before? The heroine. I have not. I have not. <laughs> what? No, the, at the beginning, not... like Kyle. The pronunciation of heron. The heron. Yeah. Boy and the heron. Um, boy and the heron. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with Brandon. I don't think that I know anything. I don't. I don't know anything about this at all. Um, but if you say Studio Ghibli, then I recognize that. And so, oh, I yes. forgot Totoro. Totoro. Oh, um, yeah, we've seen, we've seen a ton of them. I think I've liked most of them. They can be a little slow for me sometimes. Um, so it's not something that I, I never finished the wind rises. Jump at. I don't, I, I don't think I've seen that one. Um, no. But yeah, they they can they tend to be kind of slow. It might be one that I end up falling asleep on, but I'll at least attempt to watch it. But it's not something that I'm gonna like run out and I'm not dying to to see it or anything. So as far as what this is about, the story takes place during World War II. Um, so it says after Mahito loses his mother during the fire bombings of Tokyo, he and his father move to the countryside. There, Mahito's father gets remarried to his late mother's pregnant sister. Oh. Okay, his father gets married to his late mother's pregnant. Oh my, okay. As Mahito struggles with the situa- his situation, he encounters a talking heron and enters another world based on a promise that he can meet his mother again. Um, another problem with this is I don't know what the audience is for this movie because <laughs> I know for Wind Rises, Wind Rises was an adult movie. It was made for adults. Um, and I, I don't know if he's still gearing up toward that or if it's going to be a family-friendly affair at this point i mean it sounds like it based on all like you know the marriage to each other it's going to be a family affair but like i don't know 
I don't know what to expect in terms of tone and style. Um, that image that is a part of the article makes it look like it could be more family oriented, but I just can't tell. I don't know. So, but I definitely want to see it either way because, you know, it probably is his last movie. But then again, who knows if I don't know if he'll he'll live to oh. make another movie. I don't think he'll stop oh, wow. making movies, wow, but I don't know if he'll fast. be around to make another yeah. one. I'm just being real. <laughs> yeah, that you know what's funny? Got real dark. So, as you started reading that description, I was thinking about that Dan Harmon uh, article that I sent you about the hero's journey. And so I started mm -hmm. tracking in my mind the circle of like, oh, here's the part where something fantastic happens. Here's the part where he starts to leave the normal world and cross over. And I was like, God damn it. Like, I don't know if my brain can snap out of this now. Um, just seeing that pattern. If you want to hear about watch. like other structure, a good book is Christopher Vogler's The Writer's Journey. So but that was, I read that in film school. So I'll Vogler, add it to the list. Writer's Journey. There you go. I don't. I haven't read up on Dan Harmon's story circle, so I don't know how that compares to the the hero's journey, so to speak. But essentially, what what the writer's journey book is is it makes the hero's journey a lot more accessible because the way Joseph Campbell wrote it was impenetrable. I don't care what Lucas says; it's very boring, very very boring how it's written. So it's it's broken down in actual ways that is you know actionable which is great i mean if anything i feel like he he did a really good job of crystallizing that impenetrability when he started talking about trade federations and like the bureaucracy <laughs> of a trade war and all of this stuff like so i i feel like he he did the thing for you so you know that's so fair you understand. you're right that's my bad that that's my yeah. bad anyway what else we got? i think that's it that's all that's, that's it. it that's all we got that's all she wrote check. on this episode of breaking geek radio thank you so much for joining jonesy do your thing well dear listener if you like what you heard do all the socials like rate comment subscribe share we would definitely appreciate it. also like how do you feel about ghibli films and if you saw um blue beetle jump on discord let us know what you thought um, we would definitely appreciate it. We love interacting with you, dear listener. You, you specifically, you. If you think I'm talking about you, then it, then it's you. Uh, right. Check out John. Yeah. Hi, Jaime. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, do all that stuff. If you uh, like all of the other stuff that we do, be sure to check out LRM online as well as our YouTube channel and the Genreverse Podcast Network. It's a good time good time other than that we will catch you on the next one hasta lasagna don't get any onion. bye plug the word what are we plugging say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.